Hello, welcome to welcome to Lucinyak's uh, first podcast, Wink um, and and any new listeners. Um, so, because it's our first one, we'll do a quick introduction um, so people uh, know who we are. Uh, I'm Chris. This is Lucy, uh, and we are Lucy and Yak. Yeah. Um, which is a a lifestyle clothing brand that we founded uh, three <laughs> years ago. Dungarees. It's all um, about the dungarees. Mainly dungarees, um, ethically made, uh, sustainable fabrics, um, and uh, it's quite an interesting story how how it came about. But um, uh, what I think we'll do is um, is we'll just dive into just dive into Winkit asking us. A bit about us, or do you yeah, want I just wanted more? to introduce who Winkit is, though. That's a good idea. <laughs> That's That's a good idea. idea. So people are like, who's this that's interviewing you? So what we what like it, because it's our first podcast, we obviously want to introduce the brand to people that have not heard of the brand, but also. Um, you know, we, we we thought it'd be a nice dynamic if someone we know is interviewing us um, and mm. Winkit, somebody we're going to be working with in the future and have worked with a little bit in the past. So, um, Winkit, do you want to just introduce who you are, what you do, and how we know each other, I suppose? Yeah, um, I'm Winkate, and I am a lecturer at the European College of Business and Management, and I teach sustainability including sustainable fashion. And we know each other back in the days when you started and you had a startup a shortage and I came by. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, this is an amazing yeah. brand. I want to use it as a case study for my students. And I feel like that's how we kicked off and um, we got in touch and you came by and you've been holding sessions for my students ever since. And yeah. You were, the, you were the first person that asked us to um, give a live talk and we were like so nervous the first time and now, now we're pros, we're like, we're doing it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but you got us into that and we realised that we actually love it. We were so nervous the first time and then like, I think the first time we did it, we were like, I think we actually really enjoy this. Yeah, and it felt like, uh, I feel like what I liked about your brand because I've seen other brands before and I've spoken to other people going into sustainability and ethical brands and fashion. I felt like you were just naturally living the brand. <laughs> you were just you were just you, you know. <laughs> and yeah, so that's how we started. Yes. Yeah. How long ago? How long ago was that? It's like it's like two- when we first started, like two and a half years ago, I think. You were the first people to find out about us. <laughs> yeah, I remember that because we were so excited um, yeah. when you got in touch. You were like, "Come and do a talk," because no one had asked us at that point. Yeah, and um, and we were we were really excited. And was that where was the first talk? Where was the first talk at? I think it was in Germany, yeah. Munich. Yeah, we were like, yeah. "Wow, we've gone, <laughs> like, we're going yeah. we've high gone, life." Yeah, so we've flying us out, Germany. <laughs> to be fair, that's still the best talk. That's still the best uh, talk deal we've had. The rest, the rest have been like in Leeds <laughs> and Sheffield and stuff. So, yeah, that's still the best deal. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was just going to give a little bit of an intro. So like you, we met you two and a half years ago, I think, and with the brand's only been going like we've just turned three. It's just our third birthday, and yeah. um, it's grown, it's grown really, really quick, um, quicker than we expected. Um, so I think I think probably not, like if we're going to, you ask us a couple of questions, and um, so people can get to know the brand a little bit better, and then um, we'll go from there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good. I'm going to start off like not no hot. I mean, hard questions are going to come, but I'm going to start off like really light. So um, what was your inspiration to start the brand? So I think it was a funny one because we, we were not from fashion backgrounds. Neither of us have worked in fashion. Um, and I think I studied fashion at university, but then I never ended up working in it. 
Um, and one of the things I always remember from university, like one of the only things I actually remember from university was that um, I, I had a lecture that was um, like, a, we touched on ethics like a tiny amount. So back then, like ethics was just not being brought into like the curriculum at all. And actually, I don't think it is much now. I think like your university that you work at is like, it's quite rare, isn't it? It's not as... It's like it's not in every university's like it's not on all of their agendas. So when I was at uni, like I remember seeing a, a sweatshop video of one of the high street brands in a factory in China. And that kind of always stuck with me. So like when we were when we were like off like in India trying to find somebody to manufacture the dungarees, we uh, that was like I think that was always in like like for some reason we always knew that we wanted to like make sure like whoever we worked with they were paid fairly and I think that was one of our main things and like it was it was funny because it wasn't like fashion was a thing for us it was just we'd we'd kind of started on this journey from like going traveling um, and then we were making these pouches on a beach in New Zealand and we were selling them to other travelers and we were making them from like old clothing like that was left behind in hostels yeah sort of, so from that that kind of got us into like clothing for some like it just kind of happened really naturally like from traveling and then we ended up coming back to the UK and selling vintage clothing on Depop um, mm-hmm. from the back of our van, who is Yak. Yak um, so Lucy and Yak, the camper van, is called Yak. Um, so, yeah, we were selling vintage clothing from the back of the van. Well, I say from the back of the van. We were, we were storing it in the van. We were living in the van, and then we were selling it on Depop. And so that that's how it kind of started. It was like, I think it could have been any product really that we started with like fashion it's not like fashion was something we were passionate about but like fashion was one of those things that I was getting a really bad rep for you know unethical treatment of workers uh really like not paying people fairly in the supply chains and that we felt really strongly about and so that's how we ended up with this brand but I, but I think it was I think it was ac- very accidental I don't think there was ever a uh, deliberate um, let's get into fashion I think and this is what's weird is because people sort of uh, we're getting we do interviews now and people kind of like say what you know what advice would you give to people wanting to get into business and how what would you tell people to do and we were like it's just all like a big accident you know <laughs> just just kind of go with the flow and and something might come of it and that was the kind of us it's just it was just such an accidental thing that's kind of happened over time. And then our, our sort of um, moral standing has sort of jumped in it along the way, like Lucy said about um, making sure that people are paid fairly. That's always been at the, at the core of it. As we started to realize we had a business, we were like, well, we need to make sure as many people as we can get our hands on a, a paid fairly. And that's always been in the thing. And we were talking about this over the weekend, actually. We were talking loads about this, funnily enough, over the weekend, because we're doing a bit of a branding exercise at the minute. Um, and it, it was it was because it was dawned on us a while ago that the one of the best ways to um, improve a society or a community is, is well-paid jobs, is, is well-paid and meaningful jobs. Like that is one of the foundation, kind of that and education. If you if you can inject well-paid jobs and good education into a, any kind of society, like it's just going to flourish. And that was kind of our thing as as we started to realize we had a bit of a business. We were like, let's do these jobs right. And then we will, it's one of the best things that we can do uh, to benefit society, you know? Yeah, it was like one one thing just followed on from the other, like one accident led to another accident. I and mean, I think over the last sort of four or five years, we've actually had a few different little businesses. Like we had the little tobacco, we're making like these little tobacco pouches. That was one little business. And then we, we came back to the UK and started selling vintage. And that was like another little business. But 
which like the vintage one led us to ha like having a platform on Depop with with like followers that we'd built up. So by the time we launched Lucy and Yan, yeah, when we went traveling to India and we got this idea of making dungarees, we we already had a bit of a platform. So that's how we've ended up in in the fashion industry, I suppose. I feel like you come from a very um, non-traditional way thinking about business, right? So you're not really rigid in terms of this is how the business structure, the business culture, the business should be. Have you experienced any challenges during that phase? Um, I, I, yeah, I agree. I totally agree with you. I think um, I think that's something that has has been a benefit to us is that we we coming at it from outside of the system. So we're doing things. I think we've done a lot yeah. of things that if anyone was inside the system, they would they'd think we're crazy. Um, <laughs> and and it, sometimes crazy, yeah. <laughs> sometimes crazy works. Uh, well, as you know, as we're proving that. Yeah. It, but what I think I think the the negative side uh, or one of the challenges of that is is in is it has been in our own heads in that we keep thinking that um we keep think what's the what's the people know better than yeah. us yeah yeah that we we keep all along the way we'll get a bit of a self-confidence uh, thing and think um there'll be someone out there that we can get in that'll know better than us and so we get someone in a specialist in a, that part of the business and and it'll just it just won't it just won't work and we keep doing it we keep falling for the same problem <laughs> uh, where we get someone in because we're like oh they're an expert they'll know what to do um but they don't know the business they don't know the business like me and lucy know the business and and so it, it never kind of works out. And then we go through this painful process. And at the end of it, we keep going, all right, we do kind of know what we're doing because it's our, it's our business just because it's an, a bit upside down and a bit unorthodox. Um, it doesn't mean we don't kind of know what we're doing to a degree. And we'll probably repeat that again next year. We'll probably just keep repeating that forever where yeah. we have these, these sort of self-confidence, you know, self-esteem, low self-esteem, uh, about, uh, <laughs> always like you always think you're not good enough how could you possibly know what's what, right what's the what's the like, expression like, um, I don't know. imposter syndrome imposter, yeah, imposter syndrome, syndrome yeah, yeah that's yeah. it you just feel like it's, and and i think we've, yeah. worked with, we've worked with some people that are amazing that really do help us in in that they don't they don't come in and just sort of say i know how to do this so therefore i'm just going to tell you what to do they come into the business and they they ask us the right questions they try and understand what we want and and consultants that we've worked with like that have just been incredible but we get some that come in and like bulldoze and say like that's how you should do it and then we go oh yeah it must be how we should do it then because you know we don't feel confident in our own abilities so then you end up going down a path yeah. and you, you were constantly battling with that and like we are getting better at it, I think but that is definitely being one but there's definitely more positive though I think coming at an industry that you're not that you're not used to because like someone I someone we work with Elizabeth a consultant that we work with she actually said the thing you've got is when you know how the fashion industry works you'll keep talking yourself out of like creating a fashion brand because you yeah. know all the things that can go wrong whereas when you're not coming from the industry we had we were so um, naive as to what could go wrong that we weren't scared of doing it do you know what I mean like we've just kind of gone for it and gone it'll be fine we'll fix that later and you know we've, problems have happened and we fix them but you know it's kind of like we've not always really known what we're doing but we've just thought you know well, we'll get it wrong and then we'll, we'll we'll get it right next time and we've just kept doing that and it's yeah. and it's worked people love it <laughs> yeah yeah I, absolutely what would you say is the kind of like the drive to continue doing Lucy and Yak like what would you say is 
the motivation to keep doing what you're doing? Um, for, for me, it's the, the jobs thing. Mm. I, think, um, I think the more, um, like I said here, the more jobs that we, the more well-paid, meaningful jobs that we create, the, um, the, the, the better impact it has on society. You know, it, it's like, um, you know, there'll be some kind of rule that for every, for every dollar you can put into creating meaningful jobs, it probably generates thousands of dollars mm. um, in, in societal benefit. And I think mm. uh, I think that has to be the, 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 the main part for me, not just in um, not just in India, in the supply chain, but also in the UK as well. You know, we employ like 60 odd people in the UK. Uh, Ishmael's factory is getting on for like 100 employees. We've got our own team in India now of like five. So just for anybody who doesn't know who Ishmael is. So Ishmael's, this is like, Ishmael's such a big part of our story. So like Ishmael, Ishmael is the guy that we met in India. Like after looking for a tailor to work with for, for a couple of weeks, we spent in this one town in India where there's loads of tailors. It's like, it's, it's like, like tailoring is like a big profession in this town. So, and we met a lot of people and we tried to work with them. For some reason, there's just no connection there. And that was really important to us, you know, because we were, we weren't trying to create a business. We didn't want to sit opposite a businessman and have, have meetings like that. We wanted to like to make a friend from it and, and actually enjoy spending time like in the factory and spending time with our suppliers. So we kept, we, you know, we, we tried working with a few different people and we just weren't feeling a connection. And then we met Ishmael and the connection was just like, just there instantly. And like, so he's, he's grown alongside us. There's just him and two of his friends. And now he employs like nearly like close to a hundred people in his village in a really rural part of Rajasthan in India. And it's so amazing because it's not, like we haven't like it's been incredible because it doesn't feel like we've actually done anything we just met this guy we got along well and he's just so incredible that he was already paying his tailors fairly he only had two tailors at the time but now he's got 100 people nearly and he still pays them all exactly the same way really fairly splits everything really equally and so like it was amazing that we met him and then that that like I think that's one of the things that keeps us going like we often like especially with covid at the minute we've not been able to get out to visit um, our suppliers in India and we were going out there like three and four times a year to see Ishmael and his family and all the tailors and it, it not only is it good for them and you know we were spending time with them but it's really good for us mentally because it reminds us why we're doing it it reminds us you know because sometimes we can get so bogged down in it in the UK with you know um a lot of things take our like take our attention in the day-to-day running of the business. And then you kind of forget why you're doing it. You're like, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through this? You know, it's not about the money. Why am I bothering slogging away when like what and you kind of forget? And then we phone Ishmael, we do a video call with Ishmael and we're like, ah, oh, that's how we're doing it. This guy, <laughs> this is just so amazing. Like, like you just you just yeah. need a phone call with him. Like when you're having a, a really shit day, you just literally just yeah. turn your life around yeah. instantly. Yeah, you're like, that's true. I just don't even, yeah, and that, yeah. that for me, he's, he's the reason why I'm doing all of this, just because he's so like, just got this amazing outlook about life. And you just, you're just like, yeah, let's just keep doing this. Like we can change the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it's kind of like a different approach to doing business. It's not a one way approach where you're just receiving, receiving, receiving in terms of you're receiving your products from your suppliers and then you're giving them to your consumers and they're paying for those products. It's kind of like an exchange. It's not a one way street. It's kind of a two way street receiving at the same time. And I feel like Ishmael in the area where he is in, you, you contributed 
to the economy of that area. It's actually giving back in a very sustainable way because I feel like donations do not benefit you know the 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 country right but you're doing it in a way where you're giving back to the people in a way that is going to benefit them not only now but in the future because they're able to create a living for themselves they're able to dictate how their future is going to be and yeah that's beautiful this is one of the things that we've chatted about a little bit isn't it because we were talking about how like you know the the sort of idea of like white savior and like white savior like a white person going into a country and saying this is how i think you should do things and i think one thing we really struggled with in the beginning was knowing that we don't want to be doing that like that's absolutely not what we're trying to do and like we we met ishmael and we worked with him because of his own like because he's amazing and he was already running this like albeit small but he was already already running his business in such an amazing way we were like this is incredible we can just we can just work with him give him the work and he because he's already doing amazing things for his own community and so we don't feel like we've done anything other than just go here's some business he's the one who like he's the one who does all the amazing things for his community and I think uh, we've talked about this with you in the past haven't we where like you know when we do like fashion revolution week where it's like you know I made your clothes that always to me, like to me feels a little it always feels really patronizing you know when like we're doing this thing of like holding a sign saying I made your clothes and it's like I know why we've got to do it because we've got to raise awareness and like you know the most of the fashion industry aren't paying people fairly and, and they don't know who's making their clothes so I get that I still see the importance of it but you can't help feeling like it's a little bit patronizing you know for like men and women who are like going to like if someone came in you know from another country going to me like well you just hold this sign saying I'm like what is this where is this all gonna end up and you yeah it, it, it just always and it's also like it's also like the question who is made to hold that sign like would you do that to the designers would you do that to the people who are kind of like I don't know uh, setting the cl- like it's a certain type of people who have to hold up the sign I made your clothes and that's where it becomes like really you know everybody is involved in the process everyone in the process in the I made your clothes process from the seamstress the designer and every, because they're in that process you know and I get you I get you I totally get you Lucy it's a little bit like mm, really yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like and, and I think I think one of the things that like when we've looked back on the like because we've often looked back and say like what how did the brand take off? Because it took off so quickly, so crazily. Like we knew, we knew nothing of the industry. And it's like one of those, in, the fashion industry is an industry that everyone says, so hard to break into. And we were like, we weren't even trying to break into it. And we broke into it. And so I'm like, how did that happen? And like, we've looked back at like the whole story. And I think, I honestly think one of the things was that we've always spoke about Ishmael, like he's, you know, his team is part of our team and we're all doing this together. And it's not like, it's not like we did this, like, like we did this, like we all did this. And we've always spoke of it in that way. And he's so, yeah, like he's, he's like our partner, he's our family, he's our friend. And we've always spoke of it like that. We've always understood him rather than taking all the credit, you know? And I think, I think often like, I think often brands can, can use things as a marketing tool and like like to try and create a story like that but actually we've just kind of gone oh this is what was happening and just kind of told the story in a way that it was actually unfolding and I think people have been like just so amazed like to get to know and I think that I think that's I think that's something we try to do 
um, throughout the business. Like, you know, it's uh, most businesses are transactional, aren't they? They'll they'll exchange money for goods from the supplier, and the customer will exchange money for goods from the the the, the brand or the business. And it's all just called transactional. And we and the, you know there is a transactional element about us. You know, we're selling stuff. Let's not let's not try and overdress something. We're making something and we're selling it. But what we've tried to do with the suppliers is is have more of a partnership mm-hmm. and with the customers to build more of a community where we listen to them and we give it back and we don't get it right all the time and we don't always listen when we need to but that was what always been we've always tried to do something more than just that cold hard transactional and have this sort of partnership and community and it's the same with with all of the suppliers that we use we've you know we use a great factory in turkey where we've been out there we've spent time with him and his family spent a couple of days with them and um, the same with uh, another factory that we use up in uh, um, near delhi in, in india we've met the owners and things so it's something that we try to do and and it's interesting we were speaking to uh, Elizabeth, the consultant, she was telling us that a lot of other brands just don't do that. A lot of other brands don't even leave the UK to go and meet with with the suppliers. And like, we just didn't even, that just didn't even seem to be an option for us. You know, we that seems such a, it seems such a strange way of doing business with someone that you're so, you're so intertwined with. Do you know what I mean? Especially when cultures are so different as well. You're like, how can you really get to understand each other's cultures and each other's ways if you're just going to be on an email? Like it's not, you're not going to, you're not really going to get to know each other and understand each other when you're just speaking on email. And it's a holiday to India that you can claim back on the business. Why would you not do it? <laughs> Free holiday. It's not really a holiday. It's- it's a really hard. That was obviously. Yeah. I was smiling when I said that. If you listen, <laughs> no, and I feel like it's that connection that you have with your suppliers, that um, level of authenticity and openness. Um, not even hiding from your customers is what makes you so special as a brand right? That makes you even stand out from other brands that are maybe in the sustainable and ethical fashion spectrum, but you, you're approaching it in a completely different way. You're not hiding who your suppliers are, right? You're yeah. stating this is our, you know, this is our family, basically. This is our supplier. This is Ishmael. This is where he's working. This is how we're working together with him. And what would you, how would you say that type of openness, that type of, um, authenticity has impacted on your customer do you feel like your customer is a little bit different winky you know what not even just our customer everybody that is attracted to the brand for some reason we sometimes i'm getting like shivers just thinking about it we were talking about it everybody that's for some reason is attracted to the brand is just the most beautiful kind people like we, we we find our customers obviously just love that they feel a part of it in that way and they like we find our customers are just really open and honest with us because because we have been with them but then we also find that like you know business is like usually like is usually hard isn't it people say you, you know business is hard you you, you you've got to like you've got to be tough to and but like all of our partners all of our suppliers like even like other factories we've started working with and like anybody we've worked with throughout the whole time we've had the brand is just like amazing people. And it's like, even our suppliers now have meetings and they talk to each other about how they can do this and do that better for the brand. And I'm like, they're a huge competition technically, but they're talking to each other and they're friends and they're helping each other. And I'm like, and Sonia, we've got a production manager in India that we employ, a woman called Sonia who lives in New Delhi. So she looks after all of our factories out there when, because we've not been able to go out there for a year. It's been really handy having her to pop around to them and like spend time with them. But she's got them all like meeting and like, 
like getting together and she's like Lucy I've never seen anything like this like they're all they're all around the table like having a you know a chai and like discussing like how they can help each other and like I'm like that's that's crazy and I don't like all it just feels like it's impacted everybody who touches the brand and that that makes like that sometimes wows us we're like I don't like I don't know why or how that happened but it just it just like you even like meeting you and like everybody we've ever met everybody's just like amazing yeah. And we yeah. were like, yeah. how did that happen? Yeah. 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 And absolutely, our customers are just like the most incredible people. Like, all of our customers are amazing, aren't they? We've had so many amazing stories. You know, like some of the things, like when we were starting out, the, the supply chain was one that we knew what we wanted to do and how we wanted it to work. But like our customers, we had no idea who our customer was going to be and how they were going to respond to the brand. And we didn't have any plan for that. And you know, we've ended up with customers that like tell us that the dungarees have just changed their life. Yeah. Like we've had so many emails and messages about how letters, being a part of the brand, yeah, and... about how like being a part of the brand has just changed their life. And you just something that you're just really not expecting. You just don't really like it. Wasn't something we thought could ever happen, was it? And 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 as a result, you know, our customer base. Someone was asking me again the other day, like, who's our customer? You know, that marketing thing. Like, who's your customer? Describe your customer. And like. It's so broad, um, mm. you know the, the the age range and the you know the demographic and um, where they live. It's such a uh, such a range of people that I think it's just nice people. I think yeah. I think I think our customers are just nice, <laughs> really kind. No matter nice what, where, where you're from, how old you are, what gender you are, if you're a nice person, you're just drawn to. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> That's everyone coming to the band now, hoping to be seen as nice. <laughs> Everyone's going to be knocking on the door like, ah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm nice. Was that, your, was, that, was that your intention with that? That was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm nice. I'm oh, nice. that's fantastic. How, how would you say has um, this situation right now, because we're in a very special situation with COVID-19 going on and um, being in a kind of, it feels like a different world, but how would you say, how has this environment right now impacted on you as a brand? Positively or negatively, it could be either. Uh, well, yeah, both. Um, the, the positive one is that we, uh, we are tr we're trialing a 30-hour work week, which, which we, we, we've, we've always wanted to do something kind of radical uh, like that. Um, and then the, as we were, as people, staff were coming back to work after, after COVID, um, it just so happened that they were on a shorter week and we were like, we ran that for a month and we we're like, let's just keep that. Let's just keep that going. And so we're in the middle of, of a, of a, a, a it's trial. Like a four day, either if you're in the offices, it's like a four day working week. Or if you're in like the warehouse, it's like 30 hours. So we've reduced six, the days. Six, hour, like six, six hour days. Uh, but we've, we've kept everyone's salary the same. So that means like anybody who was on an hourly rate, which like I think the warehouse staff on about £9.30 an hour, they're now on like the equivalent of like £11, something, 60 something an hour. Yeah. But it means that they earn the same amount of money, but they have to work one full day a week less um so and it, you know it seems to be working really well for us yeah. so that that's one positive that's come out of it and then i think the negative is that we um uh, we had some we had some qc issues and we had some a lot of quality we had, we had some supply chain issues which we were still getting stock but because they were kind of um they were they were understaffed 
uh, because of coronavirus. Um, so like a lot of our factories like phased people back in, didn't yeah. they? So like when, when lockdown got relaxed in India, they started to bring in like 25% of their team, which meant they were lacking in some sort of supervisors and things like that. So so a lot of we had a lot of quality problems the last month or two of stock coming through, which is big, which is really tough for a sustainable brand or a brand that's trying to be sustainable because when you end up with stock that's like ruined, you're kind of like, what do I do with this now? You yeah. we've got to find ways of repurposing it. And that's a whole another headache in itself. And so and also like we've let some customers down because of it. So it, hopefully everyone's understood because obviously but I think as a brand overall we we've definitely not struggled as, as, as a lot of brands might have because we were online and um, we've got a really strong community that you know really loyal customers that you know want to keep supporting us through it so um, I wouldn't say we took a massive financial hit but certainly like quality stuff and things like that has been a problem for us yeah yeah it's been a tough time hasn't it it's uh, been, it's yeah, been, it's it's been, been stressful time. but we've learned so much from it you kind of come out of the back of it i mean it's not over yet i suppose we could go into another lockdown this winter but when we came when we started like everything started to feel a bit more normal again you were like oh my god like we'll hopefully we'll never have to navigate a pandemic again in our in our third year of business <laughs> you know that you know that year three like yeah, when we turned three this year we relaxed didn't we because we always heard yeah. that businesses or any businesses what is it 80 percent 80 percent or something of businesses failing yeah. their first three years there's like a some stat like that i mean i've read it in different different yeah. Um, so we were like year we, three. We were like, as soon as we turned, as soon as we turned, ticked over into that fourth year, we were, we like, were like, oh, oh god, we made we it. We can relax. We made it. We're in the clear. Yeah. We're done. I got, I got even through a pandemic in at the last minute just to try, oh, nice. just to try and knock us off, and we were like, you're gonna have to try we're harder than that. <laughs> you're gonna have to try harder than that to knock us off. So yeah. <laughs> So oh, nice. That's amazing. Yeah. Good. Great. So thanks for, um, I'm going to really monitor. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for interviewing us. Uh, <laughs> thanks for interviewing us. That was an introduction to Lucy and Yat, uh, hosted by Wincake. Um, uh, see us next time for more um, questions and answers. <laughs>